Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Sean Bice, how are you doing today? Oh man, I'm great after uh, a short, short drive back from New Jersey over to Ohio, so pretty sweet. I'm, ha I'm ready for Barber. Well, anyway, we, you know, welcome to our listeners to uh, another episode of Off Track, our weekly podcast. It's uh, I'm Paul Carruthers, and you just heard from Sean Bice. Like he says, he's in Ohio. I'm in California, and we meet occasionally at the races. Um, we were just at uh, <laughs> New Jersey Motorsports Park, and he's bragging about his short drive. I had like a flight that just seemed like it lasted forever, but um, you know, whatever. It's, <laughs> we're fortunate we have airplanes, I guess. So I'm excited about today's guest. We have uh, we have with us Stefano Mesa, who's a Stock 1000 racer, not just a Stock 1000 racer, but one of our best Stock 1000 racers. He's currently second in the championship. Um, Andrew Lee won the title last week at uh, at New Jersey, um, but Stefano has been second pretty much throughout the year. Uh, he's had seven podiums, including a race win at uh, Road America in the second of the two races. And like I said, he's second in the points, and it looks like he's going to stay second in the points. Um, Michael Gilbert is behind him, but he's behind him by a little bit. Um, so I think Stefano's in a in a pretty good pretty good spot. Stefano, let's bring you in now. Um, I you know from from looking at it from my standpoint, you've had a very very good season. Is it something that you're happy with? Well, yeah. First of all, thank you for having me in. I mean, yeah, it was a good season. Uh, I think we put up a pretty good fight with Andrew. He had a fall this year, and we tried bringing it to him even on his coast. So we're happy about the year. And, um, I mean, I'm sad we couldn't we couldn't win the championship because an incident happened. But it comes with racing, correct? So we just got to keep going forward and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you. Um, I, I think you showed a lot with how you handled that situation. Obviously, what we're talking about is Michael Gilbert he crashed behind you in Pittsburgh and and took you with him. Um, obviously, neither of you scored points. Fortunately, neither of you were hurt. Michael banged his head pretty good and actually ended up sitting out last week in New Jersey. But it was a case of uh, of two nice guys who don't generally run into people running into each other. So you know, um, good job on your part by, by keeping your cool there and, and realizing exactly what it was. And that's just a couple of guys coming together when they're trying real hard to win races. Nah, yeah. I mean, you know what, it's, it's racing incidents and it's going to happen sometime or another. And I'm just happy none of us got hurt. It does suck about the cha championship, but I mean, uh, we'll just keep looking forward and I'm happy he didn't get hurt. And I think he's out at riding here as they're right now riding writing some R1, so I'm happy for him that he's back in pace, and hopefully he'll be up in bar from Barber. Have you ever been knocked down before by a guy's face? Tell me one more time. <laughs> Have you ever been knocked down before by a guy's face? Yeah, I, I can say I, I have. I, now I can say I have. <laughs> but not before this, though. That was a first for you, I'm sure. That's a first and always. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a first and unique, I think. When that, hey, when that happened, so we, we, you know, they, the camera stayed on you guys pretty good. And, 
you know, we, we always look, I mean, every it's human nature to look for a reaction and it's human nature for you to react. You, you know, I'm sure you were upset, but you didn't really show it too much. And I mean, it seemed like it what didn't take too long because before you had that Stefano Mesa smile on your face that you always had, did you guys talk to each other and did he apologize? Tell us, take us through how that went. And did you get pretty upset when, when you, you didn't even know it was good. What happened probably at the moment, did you? I mean, yeah, I was super upset at the moment, but, you know, I came up to him to, like, see what, what happened and, like, what went on. And at this point, I had no clue what happened, you know. I just knew I, I got taken out because all I, fa- I all felt was a hit from the back. And I went up to him, and when I was a, when when I pulled up to him, he was bleeding out of his nose and mouth. And I was like, oh, oh the, the the dude is hurt, you know. The dude is hurt, so I better calm down and and just talk it out, you know. So... I mean, it sucks about the championship, but again, we're racing motorcycles, you know, so anything can happen. So, so Stefano in the, you know, last year, I think it was in the, in the VIR paddock, I I remember you showed up and I knew you weren't racing a full season for us, but I've always been real fond of you. And it goes back to Road America when you had that win in super sport and you wagered with your dad that if you won, he would quit smoking. He'd have to give up smoking. And sure enough, you won. So tell us about when I saw you, I'd be like, Hey, you're going to race the whole season. And you said, no, I don't think so. And you were doing a lot of a lot of racing in Weira and probably doing pretty well with it with contingency. But this year, when when I asked you, you seemed, you know, you were, you kind of pretty much announced you were going to try to do the whole season. And I don't know if you did every single round, but I think you did this year, didn't you? So, yeah, I mean, last, last year we were following the Moto America with the Weira just because uh, the Pirelli guys have helped me for a couple of years now. So I'm pr- practically with them and that's why, I haven't gone pro racing since. Um, so this year was just a matter of fact of, you know what, let's just go and see what happens. And we, at the beginning, we were only going to do a couple of events, you know, try and change the Kawasaki contingency so, since it's so good. And uh, since we started in this coast and then we we did good, we, fin- we've, we were in the podium every single race in this side and then, after Road America, after my win this year, uh, I we ended up leading the championship. So me, my dad, and my mom and Mike looked at each other, and we were like, so now what we do, you know? And from there, we were like, try and get some funds together and figure some, some way to get to the other coast. And it worked out. So I'm glad I got over to the other coast, you know? And again, we gave it a run for the, for the championship, but stuff happened, so... We'll see what keeps going on. Now, you do a lot of racing, obviously. I mean, I, I think CCS and different things on, on your off weekends with 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 a lot of success. And did I see, does it, did, do you race a BMW with those races? So I raced a BMW last year because their contingency was so good, you know. But uh, for this year, they caught, they it wasn't so good. So I went ahead and sold that. And that's kind of why I went pro racing just so i could keep racing you know i tried to go racing with the money i earn i don't try to go in my pocket to go racing you know so um club racing has been good to me and that's what made me made me enough little money to go pro racing you know and that's how i found my program and me it's pretty much just me my dad my mom and mike fitzgerald which is the chassis guy and I think we do a pretty decent job at it, you know, being a four-man crew. 
Oh, you really do. You do a fantastic job. And the thing is, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if people realize because you've been around and raced for a while that you're still only 25 years old. So you're you're still a very young rider, got a long career ahead of you. Do, with the, how you've done so far this year and how it's probably going to end up for you this year, will you will you probably be back in Stock 1000 for 2020? You know what? I don't have an answer for you guys yet. Um, we'll end up barber and see how we do, and we see we'll see what 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 goes on for next year. You know, Sean, he'll hopefully be back. we'll be able. To, hopefully, if I get some stuff together and some help, some help towards my end, maybe I'll be back. But it's hard to go racing. You know, it's hard to go spend a lot of money on a weekend, and only in Moto America this year we had the one only one race a weekend. So then. We have a 50-50 chance of stuff going bad, and then that one weekend goes bad, and everything goes backwards. You know? Yeah, I mean, we we announced it. We we announced Indy today, so you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a round that's not too far from you in, in Florida. You know, it's it's pretty far, but it's not as far as going out west. So that that might help, right? Yeah, correct. That's nice. I saw that, and I think that's a great addition to the calendar. That's a great place. I was there, I think, back in 2000 and nine or eight racing the Milwaukee class. Wow. And That's right. uh, so I, I think it's a great addition to the calendar, you know? So Stefano, I know you have a, a career away from motorcycle racing um, that keeps you busy during the day. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Cause it's, I think it's a pretty interesting gig. Correct. Correct. I do have an eight to five. Uh, so I actually work with pharmaceuticals. Um, I work, um, as a subcontractor for Pfizer, the company I actually work work for is called Biothermal. Uh, what we do is we validate new equipment that's gonna come into production. So uh, we validate the equipment before it goes into production, and we test the equipment, and then we work on the equipment as well. Now, is that wow. the company? Is that the company that makes Sean's Viagra? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So Pfizer is known because of their Viagra. That's one of the. Oh, okay. That, like, so now I. <laughs> okay, now I know why he's so friendly with you because you probably get him his stuff for free. No, yeah, no, I, I, I only I only work in the equipment. That's about it. Well, you know what's funny, Stefano. You know that that aside, and yeah, you notice I got kind of quiet there for a little bit. But uh, <laughs> that is, that aside, so this is weird, Stefano. I did not know until you said biothermal. Now I know for a fact that biothermal is a sponsor of Westby Racing. Is that that's the same company, right? That's correct. That's correct. Wow. So, boy, if they sponsor Westby, how come they don't throw a little your way? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've asked myself the same question, but um, uh, I'm doing a great thing and he's giving me a good chance to learn and maybe do a career, you know, so um, I'm happy he's letting me do that and hopefully he'll come on board the program soon enough, you know. So he, he must be into motorcycle racing then. I, I, I know Chuck Giacchetto probably got that, that brand, that sponsor for uh, Westby. So that might, must be the guy just as interested in racing. Is that, is that true? So he actually races, uh, he does a little bit of Wira and CCS, and that's how I met him when I was, last year I met him when I was doing a lot of the club racing up here, chasing the contingency, and um, there was about three months that I stayed at my friend's house up here in North Carolina, 
because all the rounds were close to each other and it was less traveling from Florida. And uh, we got together and he offered me a job and we went from there. So uh, I moved to North Carolina about a year ago and I've been working for Biothermal since then and racing motorcycles, trying to race motorcycles, you know? But your mom and dad are still down in Boca Raton then? Correct. My mom and dad live in Boca and they they're they love the sport mo as as much as I do or more than I do. So of course they they come with me everywhere I go. That's pretty awesome. I know you're you're originally from Colombia. Do I, I mean how long were you there? So my dad's Colombian and my mind, my mom's Guatemalan. Uh I was in Colombia for about 12 years. And then we moved to the United States, to Florida, and we went from there. And when did you start riding motorcycles, in Florida or, or in Colombia? So I did, a lot of, uh, I did a lot of motocross and four-wheelers in Colombia, and I did a little road racing, but over in Colombia, there's only one big track, and it was almost like street racing, you know, and it was kind of dangerous. So when we moved over here, uh, we bought a more walkie 250 and we started doing the USGPRU. And it was actually when Lewis, McFadden, Gerloff, it was when all the fast kids nowadays, you know, we were back then bottling, battling in more walkies 250. So we kind of grew up all together, you know? That's cool. So th this is a little interesting side note. So Stefano, you are from Medellin, uh, Colombia, and there are several riders uh, are from Me Medellin. Obviously, Martin Cardenas, David Gaviria, Tomas Puerta. They're all from Medellin. Did you know them when you were there? Did you know of Martin since he's a little bit older? Do you do you have any relationship with any of those riders since they're from your home hometown and home country? So actually, we know all, we know each other since. I mean, they know me. All, they're all older than me, and they know me since I'm a baby. But I know Tomas. I know Gaviria, and uh, Martin's probably the closest I've been to myself. Uh, my mom and her mom, uh, his mom has have a have still a good relationship. So um, we we spent a lot of time together when I was growing up, and when we moved to the United States, and I was a little bit younger uh, and he was racing the AMAs when we started kind of following him to his races and my parents were going and uh, we, he kind of guided us a little bit into the pro, whole pro racing. That's pretty cool. I, I didn't realize there was that many people. That's interesting that the, all those guys, I mean, it's not a huge country and, and uh, for you guys to have that common background is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. We all grew up racing little bikes, you know. That's great. Now, looking at that, though, when I, I can picture all you little punks racing those Milwaukee's, who was the who was the fastest at the time? Uh, we had great battles, you know, and uh, it was always a battle for who was going to finish in the podium, and there was plenty of crashing between all of us, and uh, we we always had a great time. That's for sure. So <laughs> you were the fastest, and you're just being modest. That's what I think no. is what, yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's we, go with we, that. We all went, we all went pretty good, you know. We all went pretty good back in the day. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs>
I I have to I have to laugh because you know we did the uh, podcast the video version of the podcast last week with those super fans from Harrisburg. If you haven't had a chance to see that podcast or listen to it, it's a good one. And you know I think we made reference to it during the podcast, but uh, we were all at New Jersey and it was dark by the time we were doing the podcast. And all of a sudden, this person just all of a sudden appears in the glass doorway with this crazy crazy face, and I literally thought it was like. The, the New Jersey devil that they talk about, but it turned out it was that little chupacabra, Stefano Mesa, who, who said who said he was going to, well, tell us what you were planning to do uh, when you saw us, Stefano. Well, I was about to jump in and start freaking out just how they do, but I was scared you guys, I was afraid you guys were going to freak out and, you know, get mad at me, so I decided not to do it, but uh, it would have been, been pretty awesome. It would have been yeah, perfect. it would have been pretty awesome. <laughs> It's a good thing you did it because we were like, oh, Stefano, we tried to get him on before, but he was working. So let's see if we can work around his schedule and get him on here. And sure enough, you are. So so that that's cool. He, those guys really, you know, I can see for obvious reasons with your personality. But, you know, some people think that they're just Yamaha guys, but they're fans of a lot of racers. And w- with you, I mean, they're, they're obviously big fans of yours. Is that correct? I mean, yeah, they're in general, they're they're just fan of racing and they love they love racing and I think they care for all of us, you know, and obviously everybody has their favorite, but they go to the track and they show, they show respect and they have a great time and they keep everybody happy. And I think the events that they show up to are just great. You know, it makes it that much better. Yeah. Sean, I don't know about you, but like, there seems like there's a time like on Sunday afternoon, it's about like two thirty, and I'm like, I just wish I was those guys. Ah, you know? <laughs> yeah. that for sure because i think except, they're having a lot more be. fun than i than i am yeah uh, but it, except think of this though those guys have to get up on monday morning and go to work well, that's true. They, they must have, have to pour down the aspirin you know to get hey, anywhere because they two, they two definitely enjoy it straight that's like a three-day hangover yeah i don't even know how they can do it it's incredible yeah, it's got to be no, a little reality cool. check. They're very cool. Stefano, tell tell us about your Kawasaki. Um, I, I I want fans to understand kind of with Stock 1000 what you can't do to the bike versus versus a superbike, but what you can change on it versus a, sto- a stock bike and how much you have changed it. Is yours uh, as spec'd up as it can be for that class or some, still some things that you can do in the class to make it faster. Can you, can you tell us about that whole thing? Nah. So actually in the stock 1000 class, you can do a few things to the bike, right? So my bike's not spec'd out all the way to the class, but it's a front running bike and it's great. It's built with whatever is needed to go fast, you know? So my bike pretty much has a full exhaust from Graves. Um, it has KTEX suspension. It has, it was prepped by KWS Motorsports. And then from me, from there, me and my dad do all the maintenance and whatever we have to do to do it. And then Mike Thermosman works on the chassis and the suspension. And we kind of do it old fashioned. Uh, in the class, you can run potentiometers and data. And we actually don't run none of that. We kind of do it though old school and we kind of chase the the setup all weekend you know till we find something that is good enough to go racing on and uh i think we've done a great 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 job with the setup and i think 
Um, we've done a great job throughout the year and uh, the bike is built with whatever is needed to go fast, you know? What you just explained there is that, I mean, I tend to notice with you, you're not one of the fastest guys until the race starts. And is that a byproduct of, of not having that, the data and, and, and taking a little longer to work through your setup? Correct. So, I mean, for example, Andrew Lee, he has last year, he was on the same bike, pretty much going to the same places. So they already have some data from last year. So they can kind of start from there and they have uh, data and a, a couple extra help to get a, to a, a good setup of the bike faster to just get going with lap and just keep working for the race towards the race. And I kind of do it. We kind of do it the old school. We're kind of doing a change here, a change here. Every session, we try something different, see what works, what doesn't work, you know. So we take a little bit more time. But how you said for the race, we're being on pace. So I mean, we're there to race, not to qualify or practice, right? Yeah, well, said. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Um, and do you, so I mentioned before, I hate to keep drilling this point home, but it really surprised me that, like I said, you've been around for a while, but you're still only 25 years old. And do you, what are your aspirations? Do you, I mean, I understand, obviously it's a big jump up to Superbike, and, you know, you're kind of a mom and pop operation. You're not even kind of, you definitely are that. So is that completely out of the question? Do you think that, you know, with some support from some sponsors, You've got a great bike there. You know, do you think you could at some point or do you want to move up uh, even higher in, in Moto America? I mean, you know, um, as all racers would say, nobody likes to finish second. They all want to win, right? So, right. I mean, to go to a super, to super bike, I mean, you'll, you'll have to go testing and do a lot of stuff to be competitive and maybe not even with some help you'll be as competitive as maybe the factory teams, you know? So, I mean, uh, at this point, uh, it looks like I'll finish second for the cha in the championship. So, I mean, it would be cool to do maybe what Andrew Lee did, maybe crown and then go ahead for the second year and maybe take the championship again, you know? But obviously, I don't know if that's in the question. It all depends of the finances and what happens you know mm. okay speaking of finances to go to go super bike racing it's very very expensive yeah right. especially like as a privateer i mean people say for example attack performance is a privateer and i mean honestly i don't really think that's a privateer they roll up in a big 18 wheeler and they have kind of factory support you know Kind of mm -hmm. like a satellite team, you know. It's not a, it's not a privateer. It's not a real privateer. A re you have, you have like the Twins Cup and the Superstock class, and like even the Junior Cup class. You have a families coming in their eighteen by eight trailer, you know, to go racing. That's that's a real privateer, you know. Somebody that sleeps in their trailer or their camper or you know. Right. Okay, well, speak, speaking of finances, this is a very important question. Who makes more money club racing, you or Jeff May? 
Oof, good that's question. a hard one. Come on. That's a very good question. And I'm not going to tell the tax guy. Oof, that's a good question. You know, I honestly couldn't tell you. Last year, I mean, we pretty much show up to the same event, so we're pretty much going head to head. And I've chased the guy for three years, and uh, it's been about two years that I've been able to beat him, you know, and we battle for the wins nowadays, and it's pretty much whoever has the luck that day, you know? That's good. And it's funny last because year, last year it's we funny had go for it, go for it. No, no, go ahead, Stefano. I, I'll, I'm going to change the subject right after you say that, but go ahead. So last year we had like the BMW and the Kawasaki, and we would show up to the events that would pay good for those for those bikes, and it'll pretty much be a shootout on that bike, you know. So we'll pretty much be in a very similar bike, just going at it, trying to make that contingency money, you know. So it was definitely good racing between both of us. You have raced. You've done a lot of uh, middleweight uh, racing, R6s, smaller bikes. And now you're on this 1,000. And I kind of mentioned, um, you know, would you move up to Superbike? And that's only because it's a similar bike to what you're riding. You know, would you ever consider going into Supersport? Or I don't even know, Twins Cup, you know? Would, would you – you're a, a more diminutive rider. Do you, What do you feel – how do you feel about riding a big bike? You probably can't muscle it quite like you can with, uh, you know, a middleweight or a, a Twins or something like that. So, you know, talk about that difference if you would. I mean, if you put me – right now, if you put me, like, next to the Stuff 1000 guys, I'm probably the shortest one and by far, you know? So – that definitely puts a little influence on the on the riding style and we just ride different and I, I've been able to muscle it around. But I never take nothing out of the question, you know, if something an offer comes by maybe or something happens and it looks promising and it looks good, maybe we'll take it, you know. And uh at this point we kinda chase me and, and my parents, we kinda chase like wherever the money's at and uh, I follow wherever the money's at. So maybe if a, a factory puts a little contingency into something, it won't be out of the question, you know. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a he's a gun for hire, Sean. I think you're <laughs> right. It sounds like he's going to go where. It, and and you know we talked we talked to, to Jeff May about this earlier in the year. I mean he kind of looked at the stock 1000 class from what he was doing in Wira, and he could see that the times were a lot faster this year. So he felt like you know it was real competitive. And you know some of the riders groused a little bit about the fact that he's a former factory rider. But um, you certainly took it to him in that class, and uh, you know he'll be at Barber again. But um, but you know have you found that class to be well, obviously Andrew Lee, but I mean, the rest of them, Michael and uh, Travis Wyman, I mean, compared to what you do in Wira, is it a pretty competitive class for you? I mean, I think it's a great class, uh, especially this year, like how you said, a lot of a lot of faster guys showed up to the class and uh, I think it makes it better. Uh, we're racing motorcycles and we can't choose our battles. So whoever is going to show up is going to show up and that's who we're going to have to race, you know? at the end of the day. So, I mean, uh, I'm not saying it was right or not right to let Jeff come in into the class, but if you kind of look at the class, it's a up and growing class and maybe putting somebody that was already a past super bike rider or world super bike rider into the class, maybe it 
it just doesn't maybe look that great, you know? Uh, a lot of people wasn't happy about it, and a lot of people were okay with it. I honestly didn't care because I've raced Jeff for a long time now, so I knew I could beat him, and I knew it was it was going to be a tough target, but the class is already stacked with talent, so, you know? Yeah. Good answer. Um, Stefano, do you care at all where I, how I feel about that class? Want me to tell you my opinion? <laughs> I'll go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the more the merrier. Whoever wants to go in there, I'm totally all about it. If J if JD Beach wants to race stock 1000, let him do it because it's only going to make you guys race even harder. And you know, I'm I don't I don't doubt your talent. I don't doubt your spirit and your ability to do even better. So I thought, hey, let's let's raise the credibility of the class and say, look, they we've got a former World Superbikes and uh, Factory Superbike guy right racing in that series, and I'm beating him. So that's pretty damn good, and you should be proud about that. Yeah, but yet again, you don't want to make it like. I don't want to say like super bike show, but it's pretty much a factory show. If you're not on a factory bike, you kind of can't do anything about it, you know? So it would be kind of a shame for the class to go that way too, you know? Yeah, I think there's definitely yeah, somewhere I in probably, between. Because right now you have a lot of locals and I mean, you have the, the class has been stuck. We have 30, we have more than 30 bikes on the grid. So, I mean, you have all those locals trying coming out and trying to go for it you know and then maybe when you put a lot of money into the class you know or like you put i mean i don't know like a, a super bike rider into the class people will look at it that way like oh i can go out and maybe win this thing you know if i do have a good day you know right yeah like a lot I of mean, locals I... think a lot of locals think that way like I was one of those myself back in the day, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I can go send it and have a good payday, you know? And yeah. now I got stuck doing the, the whole season and you have a lot of us that is like, oh, I'll, I'll try one, one event and then they just keep going and going and going. So, I mean, I think the class is very good at where it's at and it would, it would be a shame for it to go into like a, a kind of, solo showdown you know right. you don't want it to be a solo showdown you want good racing good closed racing you don't want 20 sec. you don't want to be 20 seconds behind the lead you know right once you're 30 seconds in the lead you're not even in the same race kind of yeah i mean this for me personally with this podcast whenever we talk to a rider and i throw out what i would do as a racer or as an organizer of a racing or uh, racing group i would i prove time and time again that it's a good thing i do neither of those because yeah because you i couldn't it wouldn't be successful you're, all, you're always you're always pretty much wrong like at least like i'd say like 90 92 percent 93 percent of the time you're always wrong and luckily you have me on the show who's like a hundred percent right. <laughs> yeah. I, I just had to laugh though, because after we had Bobby Fong on, when I did my, if I were the king of the world, I'd put him on a superbike. John Ulrich calls me up and said, Hey, I'll put him on a superbike. If you've got $300,000 to give me. And I'm like, well, I mean, if I were the king of the world, I would have $300,000 to give you. So no problem, but neither of those are going to happen. So it's good just to talk about, but. He didn't seem to see the humor. I'm going to tell that. you right now: if you had <laughs> if you had three hundred thousand dollars, you'd give it to Stefano so he could keep getting your free pills. 
<laughs> uh, no doubt about right. it. You no know what, guys? It. We gotta put a we gotta put a wrap on this. Um, maybe that's not a good pun. But um, and, <laughs> anyway, Steph, Stefano, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we look forward to Barber. And uh, you know, with with Andrew Lee winning his championship already. Um, he's had a good enough year. I'd like to see you, uh, you go out there and, as you say, send it and put that thing at the top of the podium. And we'll see your smiling face there, uh, yeah, well, next week. So thank you again for, for coming on. I know you're, you're a busy guy with a, with a real job, unlike Sean. And, Sean, thank you for taking time out of your non-busy day to join me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, no problem. It's the highlight of my All day, right, guys. So thank you, um, and we'll see you. We'll see you next week, there, Stefano. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Stefano. Talk to you guys soon. Okay. Thank you, guys. Bye, bye.